Well, good evening, everyone. Good to have you here with us. Hopefully you had a good afternoon. How many got out into the snow yesterday? Good. All those as kids, all right? I did, and whether my son went out or not, I would have still gone out as well, but uh, he did come out with us. But we had a good time with the snow. I think we might get more this week, so that's exciting for all those northerners out there, all of us northerners out there. I'm not praying for it anymore, but I'm not necessarily disappointed when it comes. So we will, you can't curse my name anymore for praying for it, but at the same time, I'm pretty happy when it comes. So good to have you here tonight. Welcome to all those that are joining us either in person or online. If it's your first time here in person, please stop by our welcome desk. We have a gift we'd like to give to you and give you a record of your visit as well. If you're joining us for the first time online, you can either scan that QR code or go to sptnd.org slash contacts as well. IFBF men's meeting is this Saturday, and so it starts at 9. There's a breakfast starts at 8.30, so we'll be leaving here at 7.30. Correct, Pastor? Am I wrong in that? He's not listening. So let's say 7.30. We will be leaving here at 7.30. If you need um, a ride, please let either Pastor or myself know. Um, and we will be heading out. Mark Herbster is a speaker. It is free. They have a lunch provided for us, um, but they will take up an offering at the end as well. Missions conference is coming up. As you can see, Pastor and I put these up. We were not very happy that Andrew left us because he didn't mind climbing the ladders. Um, and then David decided to leave too. So Pastor and I were sweating bullets on Friday, setting these things up. But uh, I was very happy they were still up when I came in this morning. Uh, but we're looking forward to that. That is not this coming s s Friday, this Friday, but the following Friday. We have three missionaries coming in and uh, a busy weekend plan, but a great weekend. Um, I always mention this. Um, we have, it's kind of, there's a different schedule where not all the missionaries are presenting at each time. But if you come to all the, all the breakout sessions, you will get to hear from all of them. I think we had an issue last year. Someone came to various ones and didn't get a chance to hear all the missionaries when they wanted to. Um, and so if you come to everyone, you'll get to hear all the missionaries. But there's, you can see the, some of the schedule there. We'll post that online this week sometime as well. Dealing with disappointment is the ladies' Bible study. That is starting in just a couple weeks. So they'll be doing Tuesday nights at 7 or Thursday mornings at 9.30. And so you can sign up for either one. $10 is the cost of the book, and uh, they're looking forward to that site, which begins either January 30th or February 1st in the mornings. And our missionaries of the week are David and Catherine Tremble of Fort Bragg. Um, they mentioned they usually do a big Christmas. They put together boxes and have a Christmas dinner. Um, they didn't this year because they actually needed to head up and be with David's family. Um, his family is all unsaved, and they're not doing well health-wise, and so he wanted to get up there and share the gospel with them. And so we're just praying that the fruit from that testimony will be good as well. Um, but they also are praying for these couple. There's a couple of names in there. I don't remember all the names. Um, but all the names of the soldiers that have started to invite their friends now, which has been really exciting to see them grow into becoming gospel witnesses as well. So we'll have the ushers come forward this time to receive our offering. And I'm going to ask Brother Tim if he would pray for the offering and also for the trembles as well. Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening for gathering us together. Thank you for the beauty in the snow and showing uh, your graciousness to us. And we just ask now that you might continue to work with the ministry there in Fort Bragg and the Tremels. And we thank you for the positive reports that uh, there has been some response and the, the men are reaching out to the, the other men that they are acquainted with. And just ask that there might be fruit from, from the ministry here and that you might bless the trembles as they work there. We ask that you might continue to honor these offerings that your work would go forth across the world now. In your name, amen. All right, stay seated and join me as we sing Standing on the Promises. 
Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to Him eternally, my love strong for, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. promises I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's song. Good to have everybody here this evening. I hope that uh, whatever I was being called out for got answered. I was back there yakking, you know. So, well, we have birthdays in the last week. We had a ton. Let's see what we have. Birthdays and anniversaries. Is it hot in, is it hot in here to you? <laughs> it is to me, too. I agree. So, anybody have a birthday or anniversary this last week? Birthday. Mr. Seth had a birthday. How old are you? Five? Wow, when was your birthday? Friday. Friday. Wow, happy birthday to you. Anybody else? Brother Ray? When was it? Saturday. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? <laughs> About 50 years, give or take. There you go. Anybody else? Brother Randy? Richard Hoke had his 75th yesterday. Wow, praise the Lord. Anniversary. Anniversary. When was that? Six years ago. I will never forget that, that wedding date. I told you that story, right, about driving in the snow up. This bridge is incredible, and it disappeared into the snow clouds, and I'm driving straight up. I'm like, Lord, just... Get me back down on the other side. It's such a bad bridge. I'm not making this up. You can ask Devin. They have people stationed on both ends of the bridge that will drive your car over for you in case you're afraid to drive your car over. That's, that's how bad the car the, the bridge is. Like, whew. But I'm, I'm a man. I was not going to let somebody else drive my car. <laughs> anyway, how many years? Six years. Wow. Is that right, Miss Jenny? Six years. All right. We'll come back and find out the secret to six years of marital bliss. Anyone else? Brother Chuck? Oh, Miss Beth had a birthday. When was that? 
Saturday. How long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Ah, good answer. Since I was 18. Anyone else? Birthdays or anniversaries? All right, well, Devin, what's the secret to six years of marital bliss? <laughs> Find out what your spouse doesn't like and do it less. You know, you could just quit doing it if you really loved her. You know, <laughs> it's only been six years, right? She'll whip him in shape eventually. Miss Jenny. Love is a choice and not a feeling, and sometimes you have to choose. Right? That's, that's exactly right. Love is a choice. Read 1 Corinthians 13. It's a series of actions. All right. Any, did I miss anybody else? Well, let's sing Happy Birthversary to these uh, young folks. Happy Birthversary to you. Happy Birthversary to you. Happy Birthversary. God bless you. Happy Birthversary to you. And before I walk away and turn this over to the Bible time, um, just I, I didn't mention it this morning because I hadn't talked to uh, Dr. Barber to see if it was uh, Dr. Barber. I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Ruley, see if it was okay. Uh, but tomorrow they bumped up his surgery. Uh, they were, they had said it would probably be in maybe February or March. Uh, they called him back and said we don't think we should wait, and so it's going to be tomorrow. They're admitting him even as we speak to the hospital, and uh, so they'll do the surgery tomorrow morning north side of Indianapolis, uh, and so if you just pray, it's a pretty major surgery, Brother John, it's the widow maker, he's got a major blockage right there, and they're going to go in and do a bypass of that area, I don't know exactly all that's involved, so they said three to six hours, yeah, so uh, anyway, so just pray for them as they go through that, in fact, let's do that right now. Father, we uh, bring Dr. Ruley before you and pray that you would just give him a peace that passes understanding, that you would give the doctors clarity of thought and mind, that you would guide their, their thoughts tomorrow as they're doing this surgery, that you would still their hands and their thoughts and help them to be able to see everything they need to see, to do all that needs to be done. You'd have a quick and speedy recovery and uh, get him back home with his family soon, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Jonathan. those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of sacred scripture. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, 
and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamos and unto Thyatira and unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. May the Lord prosper his word whereto he sent it. Uh, remain standing. Join me as we sing, there's power in the blood.
So we do this once every couple months. So all the guys get to come on up. We're going to sing, we're going to sing, what's we're singing? Sufficient. Christ is sufficient. I should remember that. I made it. We're going to sing it, but here's, we're going to do something a little different this time. So in between the verses, she's going to have a little interlude, all right? So don't just come right back in, all right? So follow me. And then, all guys listening, all the single guys, so college age and down, single, not like I'm in a relationship on Facebook, right? Single is, and I'm not married. If you are not married and you are a guy up here, you're going to sing verse 3, and then all the rest of the guys, all the married guys are going to join you on the chorus. All right, we're going to sing all four verses of Christ is Sufficient. Nothing. 
Take your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1, while all of these guys find their way back. That's a massive number of guys. Almost cleared the house. Yes. And I'm just going to say, hey, they sounded good, so some people who should be in the choir obviously are not being in the choir. You know, here's the good thing, you don't have to answer to me about it. That's good and bad, you know, you can decide that one, Wow. So, uh, did you catch that? Single guys, did we do that good enough for you? So now, at least somebody out there knows you're single. <laughs> That's awful, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, you get the idea. Oh, let me get this pulled up here. Anybody, let's, oh, I forgot. I need this green microphone on, thank you. I want the first five people. Let's see, today we'll just, uh, yeah, well, let's do this. Five people who are actively talking to someone about Jesus. I want to hear about it. First five people are going to tell me about it. Who's going to be first? Good Todd. Here you go. <laughs> I, uh, I get an opportunity to talk to lots of people. Um, so a long, long time ago, um, I had an instance where I had a fellow um, commit suicide um, that I'd had a golden opportunity to talk to him about the Lord and I didn't. Um, that still haunts me uh, quite a bit. So uh, from then on, I pretty much made a decision to do my best to witness to people. So there was a fellow yesterday. I was, at, uh, I was out of town down south and this guy's got a uh, mouth that make a sailor blush. So it was a kind of, I've got an Amish neighbor down there, and uh, so I started talking about uh, church with the Amish neighbor and uh, with this fellow standing here. So it was kind of a good segue to get him to maybe feel uncomfortable with that he was talking. Um, and he's a, he was a believer. Um, I was shocked. Um, so then it kind of made me mad a little bit the way he was talking. Um, so sometimes we can excuse people for how they speak if they don't know, uh, but if they know, then uh, I need to jump on them a little bit. <laughs> so, but um, my, my challenge would be um, if if the Lord's telling you to to say something, say something. It will shock you um, at the people that will respond in a way that you had no idea. Uh, you might find that they're a believer. Um, this may be back school and they haven't been in church in a long time. Um, or um, you don't know what to say, but the Lord will help you know what to say. Um, I am living proof of that. Um, I get tongue-tied all the time. Uh, I know I talk a lot uh, with uh, customers and things, but um, and I'm just as scared as anybody else. Um, 
talking to people about the Lord. But um, I don't have anybody in particular. Uh, there's a lot of names that come to mind when the challenge comes up. Do you have, you know, are you thinking about one person right now? No, I'm thinking about 26 um, that, uh, that I need to be talking to consistently. Um, but uh, this fellow, uh, just yesterday, you know, I was like, maybe I can get a chance to talk to him. I've talked to him several times. He's done a lot of work for me. Um, so it just, um, and his whole attitude changed and his language completely changed after we started talking about that um, and started talking about some biblical philosophies and stuff that he was spot on, um, but um, I think it might have uh, helped him a little bit. Amen. <laughs> so, Amen. There you go. Thank you, Todd. Robert? Thank you. There was a, a verse uh, in Second uh, Corinthians uh, 1, 4, I believe it says, who comfort us, us in all our tribulation, that we may comfort those who are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. It doesn't designate in that verse whether they're Christians or whether they're not. In this incident, I've had many experiences, but this took place two weeks ago. Uh, I had lost my hearing in my left uh, ear, and I had the car in at uh, Honda, and they did a repair for a leak, and uh, it was there all day. I went back to pick it up, and the lady that I met uh, two days before who helped me with the oil change. She was not there, but she was a believer. And so I got my paperwork. I went to the desk uh, where the cashier was, and I did not recognize her. She's a young lady. And uh, I said, uh, have you uh, worked here for a while? She said, no, not very long. And so I paid my bill, and then I said, I'd like to tell you a story. So I told her how I woke up one morning. I had no hearing in my left ear. And I said, but I do know a place where hearing is always great. Nobody ever loses their hear. And I uh, offered her this tract, heaven you can know for sure. So what does she do? She breaks into tears. And I'm re she's really crying. So what does a man do when he's standing there? And here's a lady behind the counter sitting on uh, her little table, chest, uh, the chair there, that's crying her head off. Well, I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I say something to you that offended you? No, 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 no. She said, I'm going through some terrible things in my life right now. Well, I said, well, I could tell you a Bible verse. So I shared a verse with her. I said, I'll pray for you. Her name is Kayla. So customers coming up from behind, and so I leave. So the next morning, I go back to Honda in the morning and uh, look up the lady who I'd met with the oil chains, and she was a believer. And I said, you know, uh, here at Honda, you want to be a team. And I said, there's a young lady there by the name of Kayla. You know her? Yeah, I, I, I know who she is. I think it would be wonderful if you would go and talk to her and have a woman-to-woman -woman talk, because she needs some help. And, you know, it just happens. It just comes in, in our experiences. We go out and we're, the, the harvest field, Jesus said, is huge. It's at Walmart. It's at wherever we go. Our problem, as Pastor mentioned this morning, Satan is just keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything about the Lord Jesus. But I've discovered when you do and you are positive with people, God opens so many doors. This was just one. Thank you. Amen.
Sie ist nicht. Bitte sehen. Just share um, some things I've learned in the last few months. Um, my brothers and I got together to go to Gatlinburg last September. And my sister-in-law, when we went down to dinner, would always make a sim statement similar to this. We're about to pray, and is there anything we can pray for when she was talking to our server? And I took that, and I tried to start implementing that in my own life. And as I've talked to servers in the last few months, you learn a lot. People are hurting out there. And a simple question like that, when you see the servers, like uh, Bob was saying, they just start crying. So uh, people are hurting, and nobody's reaching out and saying, we care. Uh, I was up with my mother over Christmas, and we went to Applebee's. And as I asked the server, come to find out that a few days before, she had been hit head on. A guy had fallen asleep and hit her car head on. And she showed us the pictures of the car, and there really was no reason why she should have still been there. Uh, and then she went into some more family. Um, one thing I've learned <laughs> is as you try to be a, a Jack or a Bob, people want to hear. And it does really open a door. Uh, I wish I had handled some of these situations better than I have. But they're out there, and they're hurting, and they want to hear. Amen. Amen. We'll get to you next, Bob. Let's go back here to Miss Jeanette. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm just um, so grateful. Uh, working where I work, I, uh, my boss's, my corporate office allows me to do things that a lot of places do not. Um, on my counter, when people walk in, they first see that gift card that, um, that you can give to people who do not know the Lord. And, and I've got tracks on there, and I'm always trying to talk to somebody. But the ones I'm really working with right now are um, our, our bank, where we bank. We, there's a young lady who really needs the Lord and our company bank. And they're allowing me to give them tracks and talk to them. And now they're encouraging me because of my husband here. And kind of, it's a shame that I had to wait till my husband's cancer was terminal to really be brave and speak out as I should have been doing all along. But God is really, really forgiving. He's great, and I'm just very grateful. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I got this friend. His name is Jermaine. Uh, I call him G. And uh, he and I uh, went to undergrad together like 20 years ago. And, and uh, I ended up going to medical school. He went to uh, he, uh, seminary, get his MDiv, became a hospital chaplain. And, and as it turns out, he got hired by our hospital to be a chaplain for the VA. And so him and his wife came over, and I told him, I said, okay, G, here's how it's going to work. I said, uh, I, I'm going to see a patient. You know, they're in urgent care. They're in an emergency situation or whatever. They seem like they're a good candidate. I can't really... You know, give them a full Romans road. I'm going to put in a consult for spiritual care. Okay? When I put this consult in for spiritual care, that's code to you to say, you need to call them up, tell them about Jesus. He said, okay, that sounds good. 
You know, and so I had one guy that I did that, and uh, we ended up leading him to the Lord. And, and then the other day, he calls me up. We, we stay in touch with how things are going. And he says, Brian, you're, you're not going to believe this, man. I, I said, what is it? He said, I got, this con- uh, I got this consult for spiritual care, and the consult actually said in the computer, my wife just died. I want someone to tell me how I can be 100% sure I'm going to heaven. I, I said, did you wow. tell him? He said, oh, oh. He said, oh yeah. You know, so, uh, so that was a blessing. Wow, amen. People are wanting to know. Anybody else, Miss Joy? Um, uh, similarly, to, like Todd said, I have a chance to speak to a lot of people. Um, and I am, uh, my position right now in the hospital is, is not just being able to speak to uh, patients, but uh, I am a huge resource to all of the staff, and so I get to speak to a lot of staff as well. Um, I had a recent, recent experience in the emergency room. Uh, we had a patient who was just um, m- very mentally unstable. However, he was screaming all sorts of profanities and, and very obscene things and um, also <laughs> screaming the name of Christ and how he needed Christ and how Christ couldn't forgive him. And... Um, we're working to uh, calm him down, and nothing is working. And we've even initiated some medications, and it's not working. And um, we're unfortunately having to tie him down at this point. And there's all sorts of things. And as we start um, doing our best to to be uh, to be gentle and and to to give him calm and peace, just with what what we are able to provide. Um, he gets to a point where uh, I finally think, I'm like, okay, I, I think he can hear me. I think he can actually understand the words that I'm saying. And I, I walk over to him, gently call his name, and, um, and I just start speaking. You know, I, uh, you know, I understand this is very upsetting right now. Uh, you're very emotional. We're having lots of, I'm, I'm using different words, but, um, and, I said, but I also hear you talking about Christ. Um, and I just want to ask you, would, would you like to talk a little bit more, more about that? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, um, I just want to encourage you that God, God is here for you. He, he will be here for you. He is able to listen. And would you like me to pray with you? And, um, and he said, oh, so uh, we, we paused for a moment. And, and although... I obviously don't fully know his mental state. What I do know is that um, I have about six security guards right there with me. I have an entire, this is in the middle of the emergency room, I have, I have um, multiple staff members right there with me. And um, I'm able to sit there and pray with this man and, um, and, and, and preach the gospel through, through that prayer. And so uh, my, my, my fellow um, nurses, my fellow um, staff members, the security guards, are able to see that and hear that, and it is um, whether the medication started kicking in, <laughs> which he got a lot of it, so I'm sure that helped. But immediately after that prayer, um, he was calm. And to have that kind of contrast after the display he had just given, um, it's just amazing to see what the peace of God can do. Um, and, and just 
to have other people be able to see that too um, was just, uh, uh, um, I hope, was a blessing to them. And, and I often am looking for those opportunities to be able to show, show the power of God um, in the circumstances that uh, we deal with there in the hospital. And so um, hopefully the Lord brings the increase. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? We'll give you other opportunities. So you're in Luke chapter 1, I hope. And uh, praise the Lord, that's exciting to uh, hear those things. I tell you, sometimes, you know, we get cynical about uh, our Christianity and about uh, the you know, things that are happening, but it's exciting when you hear uh, all the ways that God is working. And uh, so people are standing up and speaking the truth, and, and uh, people are anxious to hear it. Tim, Tim we, uh, I use that line from time to time as well with uh, waitresses and waiters, and so I said to we'd taken the interns to Uno's. This has been two summers ago. And I said to the waitress, you know, hey, we're going to pray in just a little bit. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And she did the same same, uh, whoever, whoever it was that started crying, Rob, Bob, he, he started crying. We're like, what's going on? She said, well, would you pray that people would come to my son's memorial? Okay, I'm thinking, immediately I'm thinking his, her son had just died, and he had died about six or seven years earlier and uh, as a teenager, and she'd been having annual memorials, and slowly but surely, as teenagers are growing up and doing what they do, there's less and less people coming, but it's still a burden on her heart. And so, sure, we'll pray, and, and uh, so we had a chance to talk to her about the things of God, and we prayed with her, and that kind of stuff. So anyway, time passes, I don't know, six months or whatever it was, I don't really remember, and uh, Melody and I had gone back into Uno's, and lo and behold, this same waitress comes up, and I said, I don't know if you remember me, but we prayed for you, you having a memorial service, and that just opens the door yet again, right, to go beyond, so if you remember if you can kind of bring those things back. And I tell you, it's just the Lord, because, you know, it's like, you know, you think, oh, man, I've seen this lady someplace before, but, you know, of course, we're in Nuno, so that helps, but it was, uh, it was a blessing to be able to just watch the Lord working. All right, so I'm got to rush here, but uh, we're looking at harmonies of the gospel, right? So this, we introduced this to you for the holidays, and it's, the idea is that, you know, the gospels are... Four books that are telling roughly the same story, right? They're telling the story of the ministry of Christ on this earth. And, uh, but if you've ever noticed when you're reading through them, you, know, you would think that if you're reading through an account of Christ's ministry, one place, that it would read through pretty much the same in another place. But what you have are four different perspectives, four different authors. God's the author, right? But God doesn't you know, make us, make those writers uh, into robots as they're writing. He uses their, uh, their um, own training and their own ministry, mem memories and, and the way that they speak, their personalities, all those things come through in the writing. So when you, when you sit down with the four Gospels, you begin to realize that they, they need to kind of, to, to fit the story all into one uh, is, is not always, as easy as just reading the four Gospels. So what the harmony of the Gospel is, is to take the four Gospels, the concept is take the four Gospels and harmonize them into one cohesive thought. All right? That's the idea of it. Uh, it it'll, it'll be a challenge for us to get through all of it, but uh, that's what we're going to try to do on Sunday nights. Periodically, uh, things come up. Next Sunday night, our 
our college group has takeover service. The following Sunday night is the is the uh, uh, missions conference. I mean, it is what it is. It's just the way things work. But uh, we'll work ourselves through this together. Well, here in Luke chapter 1, uh, you have several things that are only found. It's the only of the four Gospels that several things are founded in the beginning of this book. Uh, and so it's just kind of interesting uh, as we take a look at Luke chapter 1. So turn there, if you would, please, Luke chapter 1. Uh, and let's just uh, read the first uh, few verses, pray, and then jump into this. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most assuredly believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having a perfect understanding of all things, from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So Luke says, hey, listen, I know other people are writing about this, but I'm going to also put my two cents in. Uh, he's doing this under the, uh, you know, the leadership of the Spirit of God, and so it's Scripture, uh, but he's literally saying, you know, I'm going I'm to write in there because God's given me some understanding about this, and so he's going to share some things with us. Let's pray, and we'll jump into this. Father, as we uh, look at this together, we pray that you would just help us to... Uh, glean things from your word, that it would be uh, vibrant and real and alive, and that, God, you would just uh, help us to uh, be able then to put the, the scripture together in a cohesive way that would just make it uh, even more, uh, more alive to us. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So then we get to verse 5. And the only place this is found in the Gospels is right here in verse 5 of Luke chapter 1. It says, there was in the days of Herod, the king of uh, Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. Who's Zacharias the father of? John the Baptist, right? So the only place you're going to find this is right here in Luke chapter 1. Now, this is, this is a huge story, right? I mean, John, can anybody tell me, do you remember what Jesus said about John the Baptist that is just very unique? He said something about John the Baptist that there's no one greater born among women than John the Baptist, right? I mean, that's a pretty major statement when the Son of God is saying that, right? I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, he says that, and what's really amazing, we'll come to the story as we go through the harmony of the Gospels, but what's really amazing about this to me is that he says that right after John has done what? Doubted. John questions. John sends his disciples to a couple of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one or do we seek for another? Well, I mean, you know... That's this, and, of course, John's in prison at the time, and so uh, he's beginning to question, did I get this right? Because earlier he had pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. So he knew who Jesus was, but now he's beginning to doubt. And right after Jesus sends them back with the news, tell John this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, and blessed is he who is not offended by, in, in, by me, uh, then he turns to the rest of the, of the audience and he says, There's no one on the earth like John the Baptist. No one's been born that's, that God has empowered like John. That's, that's a huge statement. So anyway, but now we have his birth. So uh, you, know, you know perhaps the story, but uh, if not, we're going to read through it. Uh, of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both, catch this, they were both righteous before God. We've been looking on Wednesday nights how that, you know, sometimes we forget that women are their own person. Right? Women have to trust Christ as Savior, just like men do. We don't get, you know, you ladies don't get saved because your husbands are saved. It doesn't work that way. You'll stand before God 
alone. Every one of us will give an account of our, of our lives to God. And so, anyway, so they're both righteous uh, before God, walking in the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. And both were now well stricken in, I don't know, what does it mean to be well stricken in years? They're old. I don't consider myself well stricken in years. If you consider me that way, keep it to yourself, would you? No, I'm just kidding. You know, I am, I am getting to that place, right? I know that every little kid is like, if you're not well stricken in years, Pastor, you, I know, I know, it is what it is. But anyway, they're both well stricken in years. It came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in order, in order of his course, According to the cousin of the priest's office, his lot, or his job, had been given, he had been chosen to, was to burn the incense uh, when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. I don't know. Um, do you think you'd be afraid of an angel? I think I would be. I'm just going to be honest. It's kind of out of the norm. It's not like we see angels every day. If you do, don't tell me. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think that we're seeing them all that much, you know. And I think that if you saw one, and so here's Zacharias. He's, doing, he's just being a human being. Uh, he's, you know, he's like, wow, he's, he's afraid. And uh, Zacharias saw him, was troubled, fear fell upon him, and the angel said to him, fear not. And it's amazing to me how often that statement comes out of the mouth of an angel. Uh, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. That's going to be important, as you know, uh, later on. And, so, and thou shalt have, look what it says. This is Zacharias. Thou, Zacharias, shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. So uh, John is going to bring you joy and gladness, and it's going to be a wonderful thing. And so uh, this is the birth of John the Baptist, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Now hear me out, all right? This gets tricky. He'll be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Was John the Baptist born saved? I'm just giving you some things to chew on, all right? So uh, we'll come to it, but anyway, so I'm just giving you some things to chew on right now. And um, so anyway, it says, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Now, where have we heard that phrase before? Anybody know? To turn the hearts of the father to the fathers to the children. Anybody know where this at? Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, last chapter of the Old Testament, almost the last verse of the Old Testament, as it's talking about, uh, you know, Elijah, Elias coming, and it says that about him. He will turn the hearts of the children uh, to their parents, the hearts of the parents to the children. It uh, doesn't quote it exactly here. Uh, and the disobedient and the wisdom and just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So his job is to prepare the way of the Lord, right? That is going to be his job. And this is the birth of John the Baptist. This is, this is a miracle taking place as Zacharias is being told by this angel that his... Now, has this ever happened before? Where old people have kids? <laughs> it has. It has happened before, right? So Abraham and Sarah being the classic. And uh, remember how they were responding. And so Zacharias is, is going to show himself to be human again. Uh, but... Uh, 
it says that Zechariah said to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. It's like, how? Now, the angel is going to say something here, and we're going to understand it based on what the angel says. But this questioning is going to be different from Mary's question to the angel later on. And you need to kind of figure out what the difference is. Zechariah's question is a question of unbelief. Where, how can I know this? Well, let me ask you a question. How can Zacharias know this? Why is this a statement of unbelief? Because the angel just told him, hello, <laughs> uh, who do you think I am? Uh, the, the angel could be saying, right? Uh, I, you know I'm an angel from the Lord. I'm, I'm speaking to you the Lord's words. And the Lord said, this is going to happen. And Zacharias' response is, how will I know this is going to happen? So the challenge is something to us now, right? When God makes a promise, do we catch ourselves sometimes looking for, like Zacharias, looking for some reason to believe the promise? It's not enough that God said, this is the way it'll be. That we start questioning. And we, we look for reasons to believe that the promise might be true. I mean, God has said it. Isn't that enough? I'm going to ask you, is it enough for you? Is it enough that God says something? Are we willing to act upon what God has said? And you'll see Mary's question to the angel is not that kind of a question, and, and that's the big difference. So, uh, and the angel answering said, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee and show thee these glad tidings. And behold... Thou shalt be dumb or unable to speak, not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words. So he puts it right out there. He's, he's making this very clear. There's a reason that this sign is going to take place, Zacharias, and it's because you wouldn't believe. The reality is, had Zacharias believed, he would have been able to speak throughout this time. Now, how long is this going to be? At least nine months, right? So we understand, if you understand pregnancies, we kind of round it to nine months, but it's a little more than nine months typically. All right, so that's how long it's going to be, at least, uh, that Zacharias is not going to be able to speak. This is not the same kind of conception as with Mary. Mary was a virgin who'd never known a man, and her conception is of God. Whereas this is going to be a son of Zacharias and Elizabeth. You understand? So the miracle is happening for both of them because both of them are well stricken in age. And for the young people, that won't mean much to you. But everybody else, we get it, right? Here we are. This is a miracle, and I can understand. I'm kind of with Zacharias. How can these things be? I mean, you know, how will I know that what you're saying is going to happen? Because it would be tough. Uh, what, did, uh, what did Sarah say, by the way? Or what did Sarah do that showed us that she questioned it? She laughed, right? Do you remember Abraham saying, how can a man do this when he's old? And Sarah, and that's, that was Sarah and Abraham's same questions uh, that are right here. Uh, and so anyway, uh, it goes on and says, uh, he's going to be unable to speak, and thou shalt, which uh, 
because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. This is not supposed to take this long. He's going to go in, he's going to burn the incense, he's going to come back out. That's his job. That's his lot. That's what he's supposed to do. It shouldn't take this long. And at some point, the people are beginning to wonder, what's going on in the temple? Do you remember that uh, there, were, there was concern in the Old Testament when you would enter into the Holy of Holies, and if you were not worthy, you might die. And what are we going to do now? Because you're in the Holy of Holies. Who wants to go in and get you? And so, you know, they, uh, they would do things to try to, you know, we're, we're told historically that like they would tie a rope to their ankle, and if all of a sudden the, they don't hear movement in there anymore, they just drag the body out. But nobody wants to go in. And there's, So here are these people. I can imagine, while he's not in the Holy of Holies, I can imagine they're kind of like, what's taking him so long? This shouldn't happen. And now I can, in my mind, envision this discussion taking place. You're going to go in and check on him? I'm not going in. <laughs> I mean, like, what are we going to do? Because, I mean... Now everybody's beginning to get a little bit concerned. And uh, anyway, they marveled at Terry so long. When he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen the vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. Uh, you just have to envision all this because this is what the Bible tells us about it. They're, you know, they're, he's calling them over, trying to explain to them what had taken place. He can't speak. Uh, and uh, that's, that's kind of what's happening here. Uh, as soon as those days were accomplished, his, uh, of his ministration or his ministry were accomplished, he departed to his own house, and after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. So now the nine months begin. He's not talking, but uh, now that nine plus months begin. And, and she hid herself for five months, saying, Thus that the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked upon me to take away my reproach among men. Now listen, I want to say this. That's cultural. Was God punishing Elizabeth? No. God had already declared that she was serving him blameless and she was righteous. Did you read what I just read? This is not... The only reproach that she has is cultural. But it is tough. I tell you, when, when Melody and I were going through our infertility stuff, we, we didn't go to this church at the time. And, but we had a lady come up, well, I didn't. They came up to Melody and scolded her for not giving us children, for not giving me, in particular, children. Why don't you give him children? He, he'd be a great dad. Well, here's the problem. We were wanting to have kids. We were trying to have kids. And she comes home just like, like ready to never go back. Do you understand how hard that was? because it had seemed a reproach. But that's cultural. This is not, this is not the reproach isn't of God here, because God declared her righteous. God declared her blameless. Uh, but uh, she says, God has taken this reproach away uh, from me. And in the sixth month, uh, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now we're going to see another part of a story, another part of this that all starts fitting in. So we're out of time, so we'll, probably, we'll stop at John the Baptist for today. Um, this is the only place you're going to find this story. God tells us about what happens with Elizabeth and John the Baptist. God tells us about the declaration. The challenge that I would take from this story is how do we perceive the Word of God? Because I have to be honest with you, 
I fully understand Zacharias. And it's not because, you know, of the, the whole being old and having kids thing. It is that I can remember throughout my life many times that someone would point out a promise in the Word of God and my approach to the promise was with doubt, not with faith. Do you understand? It's easy. It is easy to say, Lord, would you just show me a reason to believe? And, but the reality is God has given us a reason to believe. It is because thus saith the Lord. That's the reason to believe. Do we believe that the word of God is enough, is sufficient? Or do we, like Zacharias, are we saying to God, well, God, I believe that you'll take care of this situation. God, I believe that you'll actually, uh, you know, forgive me my sins. Or God, I believe, but we're still looking for God to give us a reason to believe. Sometimes we look for a feeling, right? God, please forgive me. I don't feel. Have you ever had somebody say this? I just don't feel forgiven. So what we're looking for is, God, give me a reason to believe your promise. Your promise is this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Do we believe his promise? And so we're called upon by God to act upon his statements. And that's what Zacharias is called upon to do. Called upon by God to act. Zacharias, here's what I'm going to do. Trust me to do it. And Zacharias is like, "Eh, can you prove it to me? And the angel says, okay, you're not going to like the proof, but here you go. And you can't speak. His bad eyes closed, please. As we kind of now begin this study, really, um, it's a good place to start. What's our relationship to the Word of God? Do we hold to the Word of God? I mean, and do we accept it as authority? Or are we going to be like Zacharias of old, and trying to figure this out. So I don't know what promises, what things might be popping up in your mind, but I know the Spirit of God has the ability to help you remember those things. And God's been saying to you, here, I'll do this, trust me. I'll do this, trust me. I'll do this. Look this way for just a second. Let me give you another illustration, real quick illustration. What about tithing? Right? We're going to tithe. Oh, I don't know, God. And, and we want God to prove. You know, God, can you, you know, I, I don't think I can afford to tithe. And, and we're basically are looking for God to prove. You know, so We don't say it out loud because it would be awful. Like, Lord, uh, erase my debt and I'll know you can, do, you can take care of me. No, that's not how this works. We act upon God's spoken promise and God keeps his promise. To ask God to prove himself first is a lack of faith. So the challenge becomes, so I'm just trying to give you examples as we're thinking through. The promise then becomes, what are we willing to trust God with or what are we not willing to trust him with? Heads bowed again, all right? Father, show us where we need to trust you. Help us not to be the doubters, the questioners, the unbelievers, Help us to get past our own insecurity and find certainty in your promises. We thank you for the story we've been able to read about Zacharias and your faithfulness to fulfill it. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. 
186, is that what you said? 496. 496, I'm sorry. I surrender all. As we sing together, the altar's open to you. You step out, let the Lord have us away, would you? things. One, don't forget ladies to sign up out there on your way out if you have, haven't for the uh, Bible study if you want to do that. Tuesday evening, Thursday morning. Uh, Saturday, men, if you're going to go, it's 7.30. We leave here and uh, so just be here and it's just going to be a great day. You'll enjoy it. Bring your kids, bring your grandkids, whatever. And then um, uh, next Monday, uh, Devin, Pastor Brett, and myself, I think Devin, you're going, right? Uh, pardon? Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. That's next Monday. Yeah, so tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, what did I say? Next Monday. Yeah, tomorrow. I'm thinking this is Wednesday. I don't know why. Uh, is uh, it, we're going to the Capital Prayer Meeting uh, downtown. It's been going. This is the 20th year that it's been happening. Um, if you want to join us, you're welcome to. I, I'm going to be responsible for my Bible class when I'm down there and. We can only fit. We could fit two more in my car. You'd have to drive if you want to go separate. But, um, but it's men and ladies. It's uh, it's uh, anyone. But it's you'll walk away encouraged if you go. If you if you work downtown, you ought to just stop in. It starts at noon, ends at one. They'll feed you Chick Fil A. I think they feed us Chick Fil A, and Chick Fil A donates it. So uh, there's usually about three or four hundred people there. And it's a series of prayers. They'll say, we're going to pray for the family. And then they call up a public official who calls upon the name of Christ, typically. Now, I'll tell you, every now and again, because it's not, it's a nonpartisan, non, you know, but I'm telling you, you'll walk away encouraged when you hear some people sitting in the seats of government reaching the throne room of Christ. And I'm telling you, you just walk away encouraged. It's a joy. So... That's tomorrow at noon. If you want to join downtown, you're welcome to come. Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. You are dismissed. <laughs>